The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio. I am so glad you joined us today. I'm glad you join us every time. And I'm going to say this at the beginning of the show and all throughout. Go Green Radio listeners, don't be shy. We have two great guests today, but we'd love to hear from you. So if in the course of listening to Go Green Radio today, you have something that you want to ask or something that you want to comment on, please feel free to do that. We are a friendly talk radio show, and we'd love to hear from you. And the call-in number is 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. We'd love to hear from you. Well, this week's show is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking to a couple of superstars that I have scouted out just in the last few weeks of sustainable supply chain management. And our first guest is a young professional in supply chain management. I met her last week, and she was like a walking brain on fire. I love the way she thinks. I love the questions that she asks. And so I had to introduce her to my Go Green Radio listeners, and I know you guys are going to love talking with her and listening to her. Her name is Celeste Ayers of Parker Hannafin Corporation, and she is uh, she's just finishing up her MBA, and we're going to be talking with her about some of the great things and very innovative ways that she is helping her company achieve a more sustainable supply chain. So Celeste, welcome to uh, Go Green Radio. We're so glad to have you. Thank you, Jill. I'm glad to be on. Well, you and I just met last week, and I was so impressed with you. I was giving a speech uh, about some new green business standards that I've been working on in China with the China Entrepreneur Club, which has been very exciting. But before we dive into some of the successes that you've had in sustainability, I'd like to first talk about the organization for whom I was speaking, and actually, you won an award from them. So why don't you tell our listeners about that group? Sure. Uh, The group is called... The Council for Supply Chain Management Professionals, also known as CSCMP, and they're a nonprofit professional organization, and their whole purpose is to provide opportunities for supply chain professionals to network, receive education, share ideas with each other in the hope of improving their members' uh, supply chain skills management. So, you know, it's, it's a great organization, and it's global, and the, the San Francisco chapter is the one that provided me the award. They awarded me the sponsorship to go to their annual conference in Chicago this year. So I'm pretty excited about that. You know, the whole networking thing is a pretty exciting concept, but... It is. They're a great group. I had a blast. And, And, you know, my husband's been a supply chain management professional for the last 15 years or so, and... um you know, they're just a great group of people, and what I like is not just what they do, but the way that they think. And you 
kind of demonstrated that in a very quintessential way, and we're going to get into how you, how you really shocked me in a great way when you asked the question that you did. But um, before we get to that, you're completing your MBA. Um, is that correct? You're just about yes. to Yeah, but you've been working, actually, at Parker Hannafin for quite a while. Tell us a little bit about your company, Parker Hannafin, what they do, and what your current role is at Parker. Sure. Yeah, I am finishing up my MBA. I'm in my final semester. Yay! (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I will be finishing up my degree in operations supply chain management from Golden Gate University. So it's been a great experience. And I'm very fortunate that Parker Hannafin has supported me in uh, financially as well as moral support to go forward with continued education. Mm -hmm. Uh, Parker Hannafin is the global leader in motion and control products. So, you know, that's a lot of stuff. And Parker, yeah, give us some examples. Yeah, it's huge. Well, to better explain it, Parker is made up of eight different groups. And they own the groups from instrumentation, aerospace, filtration, O-rings, seals. You know, there's a ton of products. Mm-hmm. Anything that moves or controls movement, we're involved in. That's cool. That's huge. It's huge, yeah. So I am part of the filtration group. So when you think of filtration, what can you possibly filter? And the Raycor division within that group is who I particularly work for, and we do diesel fuel filtration in Modesto. Mm -hmm. We also do air filtration, oil filtration, coolant filtration, everything that can go on an engine, off an engine. (laughs) We're on it. Wow. You guys, what you do touches a huge amount of other businesses and several industries then. Right, it does. And, you know, we make diesel filters in Modesto, for example, for trucks on the highway, agricultural uh, machines, marine applications, everything from fishing boats to pleasure crafts. You know, it's a lot of stuff, and it's very exciting. That is exciting because, I mean, the bottom line to the economy in any country is movement of goods. And when you're talking about what it takes to move those goods, there's some kind of mechanism, a truck, a ship, a train, a plane, whatever it is. I mean, if you cannot move the products that you want to sell to the people who want to buy them, you don't have much of an economy. I mean, we love local economies, we love local businesses, but even they rely upon bringing products from the outside in oftentimes. Right. So what you're doing really touches the lives of a great deal of the human population. So that's a pretty exciting impact to be a part of. It is pretty exciting. When I first started with uh, the Raycourt Division of Parker, I really didn't get the picture until I started driving down the street and looking at a semi and going, hey, that's a Raycourt filter. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Putting the big picture onto it, that's when it became very important to me and I see the purpose in it all. Well, one of your professors was in the room when when I was giving my speech last week. Tell us about him and how he's influenced your work at Parker Hannafin. Well, Dr. Daw, Richard Daw, is one of the top professors in Golden Gate that teaches the supply chain courses. And I've had two courses with him over my two years in grad school. And he is really helpful in putting the real-world application side of learning into the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, we study case studies, and then he says, go go try it. And that's exactly what he pushes us to do. It's not about book learning. It's about 
learning the concept and going and applying the knowledge and gaining the experience. Mm-hmm. And so I've been challenged. You know, last semester I took global supply chain. That's my world. I'm yeah. an import-export compliance manager as well as a byproduct manager and a logistics manager. So I'm sitting there reading the text and something as mundane as um, shipping terms we're talking about. I go back to work the next day and I start investigating. What are our shipping terms? How can we improve this? What is the cost advantage of switching shipping terms? You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he continually drives his students to creatively think of how to apply the knowledge you're learning in the classroom to real world and better your company. Well, and you know, it always it always makes me think about, you know, people in managerial positions. No reason that that kind of um, staff development has to happen only in an MBA course. Right. Some of the textbooks that you use could be something that you end up, you know, giving to people who work for you and having a mini course of staff development training. I mean, that kind of real-world application um, is also part of what I know, you know, the supply chain organizations do as well in terms of continuous learning. Now, there are probably a lot of Go Green Radio listeners who don't know this term, supply chain management. Um, so, you know, it, it's become pillow talk in our house <laughs> because of my husband, you know, working in the field for so long. But give us a working definition in layman's terms of what supply chain management is. Yeah, that's a tough one, but it's, it's because it's just so, it, it, it's a very complicated concept, but I like to use this analogy. Okay? You picture a pipeline with several valves on it. And in one end, water's flowing in, and the other end, it's flowing out to you know, your tap. And unlike operations management, we're just focused on producing, just producing that unit. You know, supply chain makes sure all those valves are turned in the appropriate way to make sure that the water flows through that pipeline as quickly and as effectively as possible. And it's really the concept that we're managing from customer order receipt to customer order delivery, everything, you know, from procurement to shop floor manufacturing to in customer in-service, you know, everything. Uh, it's all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. So uh, you really have to visualize a pipeline to really get everything that's going on in supply chain. But there's a lot of processes. It's process management that in- includes information, material flow, everything you need to have your business run. And at every step, you could slice that pipe yep. at any point, mm-hmm. and there are opportunities to do what it is you're doing at that point in the flow mm-hmm. in a more sustainable and a more green way. Exactly. Yep. And that is what I love about what you were talking about with some of the byproduct that your company ends up with, and we're going to talk about that um, in just a a couple of minutes. But, you know, I happen to know, because my husband's in supply chain, that, um, you know, it is is kind of a a new field for women. Uh, Not new, but, you know, there aren't uh, as many women. I don't see as many women in the room sometimes when, you know, we're talking supply chain. What is it, as a young professional uh, woman in this field, what is it that draws you personally to supply chain management? Supply chain management, for me, is the ultimate challenge. Like you're saying, you could slice or dice any part of that entire supply chain and just focus on it for your entire life and perfect it. And 
but you you can't I can't stay focused on one thing for too long. I need to see how it all connects. And that challenge of connecting those dots and you know seeing, okay, I'm in logistics. How do I move material from the dock to stock to you know the back door? How does that all come together? And how do the relationships within the organization work? And how do we get moving towards a common goal? That is what is exciting. I mean, I've bounced around within Parker and uh, within Raycor, the division, Raycor division of Parker, and I enjoyed every challenge. That's so cool. And, and, and with every challenge comes more knowledge and more information. And after this commercial break, we are going to tap into Celeste's young, bright mind and hear her ways of taking that supply chain knowledge, taking all that logistical information, and making her supply chain greener and more sustainable. So don't go away, folks. We're going to be back with more Go Green Radio in just a few moments. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just 
don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio today. We are talking to superstars of sustainable supply chain management. And if you're not familiar with what supply chain management is, Celeste gave us a great explanation in the last segment. It's basically how, in any company, the the products flow from the point where you purchase all the pieces of the product that you're going to make from suppliers, they get assembled or manufactured, and they get transported to the customers. Now, one of the things that a lot of states, to include the state of California, are starting to focus on is this mindset of cradle to cradle, which means encouraging corporations to think about sustainability, to think about being green from the moment that their suppliers start putting together the little pieces that they will buy to shipping those pieces to a manufacturing plant Uh, looking at how the manufacturing plant operates and and is it being done in a green and sustainable way, and then how is that product, that end product, packaged, shipped, and delivered to the consumer. And in a really sophisticated supply chain, the the companies are going to think about what does the consumer do with my product when they're done with it. And the hope is that we get less and less product in landfills and more and more reuse. And so that's kind of the, the layman's, thumbnail sketch of supply chain management. Today we're joined by Celeste Ayers of Parker Hannafin. She's a young professional in supply chain management. And I met her last week when I was speaking for a group of professional supply chain managers, and she just blew my mind. And I'm so glad that she's with us. Celeste, thanks again for being on Go Green Radio. Thank you. Well, during the course of my presentation, you asked a super great question about energy from waste. Um, and I'd love for you to share your experiences with Energy from Waste. There's a facility near your work site and how you've utilized EFW technology to implement sort of this cradle-to-cradle mindset in your area of responsibility at Parker Hannafin. Sure. You know, Energy from Waste was a completely new concept to me. You know, I had heard of, uh, you know, recycling and whatnot, but when we started really delving into our environmental policy as we were striving to become ISO 14001 certified and as we started to focus on you know, where where our trash was going, you know, we're, not, we're not just talking about know, the little metals that come out of our, our processes, our manufacturing process, we're talking about our trash that mm-hmm. so commonly we just call our waste hauler and go, come get it, we don't want to see it anymore. We started thinking myself and the environmental engineer and the management team go, what can we do with this thing, this stuff? More responsible. And Covanta Energy of Stanislaus is 
down the street practically. Mm-hmm. It's in our backyard. And we were able to establish a relationship with our waste haulers to make sure that our waste goes there. And then it, what they do is they incinerate, in layman's term, incinerate the waste and through that process are able to harvest energy that is usable. That is true. And actually, I'm familiar with that particular uh, Covanta Energy Plant. I've personally visited Covanta Energy Plants all over the country. I've been mm-hmm. to ones in Minnesota and Pennsylvania and all over California. And the Stanislaus facility is unique for a couple reasons because, first of all, it does create what the state of California deems renewable energy. So it's, you know, it's clean and renewable. And through their incineration process, they treat the emissions such that they not only meet EPA air standards, they often exceed them by about 90%. And I think that one Covanta energy plant powers about 20,000 homes, which is not insignificant. <laughs> and, uh, and they're keeping that landfill that's near the plant from becoming a landfill. That thing hasn't expanded in a very long time. Yes. So it's really... It's really cool to hear that that's actually become a part of sustainable supply chain management in your neck of the woods. How did how did you first kind of learn about the possibility of using an energy from waste plant for your byproducts? We had a, a, we have a really great environmental engineer. He's extremely smart, and he is really good at going out and finding resources. And he's very familiar with Covanta. We live in the area. I vaguely remember Govanta coming up into the business environment when I was in high school, when the city of Modesto started diverting some of their waste to Govanta as part of their recycling effort. Mm-hmm. So, but he really dug in there and started finding resources. And we would, he would discuss them with the management team and myself and go through and say, maybe this is a good option. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. You know, it, it, we want to become a zero landfill facility. Oh, that's so exciting. What a that's, great goal. Yeah, it's, it, it, and it's completely attainable. That's the amazing part. And when I talk to other young professionals, you, know, you talk about you know, sustainable supply chain, they kind of give you a blank stare. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like, and, you know, I put it in money terms. You know, I'm in business. I'm going to put it in money terms. You know, it costs us money to have stuff hauled away. But we get a greater return we know that it's being taken to a place that's going to uh, provide some sustainability for not only our plant, but for our community. Well, and the truth is, I mean, there are a lot of companies who could say, well, we're not filling up, you know, our local landfill either, but they're shipping all of their waste to China or other countries or other locations, mm-hmm. um, and that's really not a solution. I mean, that's you know, when you throw something away, it doesn't really go away. It goes somewhere. But when you're using an energy from waste facility, it's going into renewable energy, which is actually a plus instead of, you know, sending it, you know, shipping it elsewhere and using even more fuel. That's a huge, that's a, that's a twofer win. You know, you're not only keeping stuff out of the landfill and increasing the longevity and the lifespan of the landfills, but you're also creating uh, something that we need, which is renewable energy. Right. And I, I look at it this way. Byproduct management is what I call it. Byproducts in my industry and in the manufacturing world have traditionally been called scrap. That's <laughs> anything you don't want to deal with, trash. You know? But I'm trying to change the concept here, the, the frame of mind. 
we're not going to call it scrap anymore. It's called a byproduct. That means it has value and that we cannot just ignore it. We can't just put it in the dumpster and call it a day. It's because, as you said, it's going to go somewhere else. It's, and it's got Parker's name on it. Right. Parker owns it until it is renewed into something else. And that's that cradle-to-cradle mindset you're talking about. Celeste, you give me so much hope for the future. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because because no, what I mean, you just articulated is exactly, you know, what we're hoping that, that supply chain managers and, you know, people throughout the, the corporate structure, this is the way we're hoping that they'll be thinking about it. I mean, exactly what you said. That has Parker's name on it, even if it doesn't literally have Parker's name on it. Correct. Yeah. Got your thumbprints on it. And I think that that it's an exciting um, turn of events when we see a young professional like you who's going to have a long career in supply chain management saying, I want to work for the kind of company that's not going to send our stuff with our logo, with our thumbprints, to waste. We're going to instead turn it into something useful. I think that's incredibly exciting. It is exciting. And what I love about it is that Parker stands by its ethical code. It says, you know what, guys? We are a global leader. That means that our products, our processes extend to other countries, whether it be China or Mexico. You know, it's, it's going around the world. So we need to be cognizant of the decisions we're making and make sure that our ethics and our business practices are synonymous. So this is where it, I was just so excited. This is purpose. This is yeah. something that I can believe in and fight for. Mm-hmm. And I've already had to make very tough decisions. Mm-hmm. Businesses are in the business to make money. Sure. Parker is not different from that. But where Parker and myself stand together is that, you know, if we're faced with a decision to, you know, get $10 a pound or $10 a ton, let's use tonnage, and for a bunch of metals to go to China, for example. But we know, because we're going to do our research, that, that those metals are going to a facility that's unsafe for the workers, that it's going to be used in an unsafe manner in their manufacturing processes. We can't, in good conscience, complete that transaction. We'd rather get $5 a ton to keep it in the United States or go to another source for recycling. I love that. And I know that... You know, the, the, the Chinese will appreciate that, and other countries will as well. I've spent, you know, a good deal of time talking with Chinese businesses and companies and manufacturers, and, um, you know, worker safety and uh, worker labor rights are becoming more and more important in their society. And it's this kind of, um, you know, good corporate responsibility and good corporate citizenship that I think um, it's going to make for great relations, both business and political relations, between ourselves and others. Um, how do you think, Celeste, that we could do a better job in the U.S. of creating this kind of business culture and mindset, the kind of mindset that will generate creative problem-solving that you've demonstrated? Um, what could we be doing to, to make that a more um, ubiquitous mindset amongst American business folks? Yeah, that is a great question, and I've been mulling this over in my mind for quite some time. There, for me, it's very frustrating. I feel like American businesses or U.S. businesses are waiting for the government to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me that I have to reduce my uh, pollutants. Tell me that, and then I'll, I'll jump through the hoops. I'll do what you say. But I want to, would love to see a, an environment kind of like CSCMP, like a, a council of individuals dedicated to greening their supply chain, to 
to talk about best practices, to generate great ideas, to be creative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know the EPA provides awards for companies that really go above and beyond, but you really don't hear about it right? Once you're connected to it. You know, it took in the 1980s for Reagan to stand up and say, you know, quality is king and develop the Baldrige Award for people really, U.S. businesses to stand up and go, you know what, quality is king. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strive for that award. Yeah. Maybe it would take that. I don't know. But I really believe in a grassroots sort of approach to improving U.S. businesses. You know, people are talking. Yeah, they really are, and it matters to consumers. I mean, consumers are getting smarter, and they're going to start looking for this kind of culture within the companies that they patronize. And, and Celeste, like I said before, you give me so much hope for the future. I just <laughs> love the way you think, and I think you're spot on. I think that U.S. businesses have never uh, shied away from taking leadership, taking the initiative. Um, we don't need to have somebody mandate, regulate, and legislate our behavior before we do the right thing. And uh, I just so appreciate what you're doing, and uh, and I really am glad that we met, Celeste. Let's stay in touch. Folks, we're going to be back in just a few moments with more Go Green Radio with a new guest, Amy Chan. She'll be joining us right after a commercial break, so don't go away. There's more Go Green Radio. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today we're talking about 
sustainable supply chain. And that means businesses who, from beginning to end, from product procurement or purchasing to the point where they deliver their products to their customers, are trying to do things in a sustainable and green way. And in the last segment, we talked with Celeste Ayers of Parker Hannafin, and she's doing a great job uh, of going green in her world. We're going to be talking now with the owner of a printing shop that I have used for years, A&M Printing. Um, Evie Chan is our guest. She's a really terrific woman, and I'm really excited to have her on Go Green Radio because her path to going green has been in parallel to my own. And so we are good friends. Um, I have watched her business become more and more green over year over the years. And I really feel like she's setting a great example in her own industry of not just going green, but actually persuading her customers to go green. So I'm really excited to welcome Amy Chan to Go Green Radio. Welcome, Amy. Hi. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Awesome, and it's so great to talk to you. You know, you and I have worked together for many years, and I've always been really proud to have my materials for the Go Green Initiative printed at A&M. You always have given me great prices on recycled content paper and soy ink, but I'm really excited to congratulate you on a couple of new accomplishments that A&M has. First, you've become a certified green business here in the Bay Area of California, Tell our Go Green Radio listeners what kinds of things you had to do in order to achieve that certification. Yes, first of all, we need, well, at first when we need to be uh, certified by the green business, we have to be inspected and approved by six government agencies before we can be awarded of the certifications. And basically, all the six, uh, all the six government agencies involved, like the energy conservation, air quality management, solid waste reduction, sanitary discharge, clean water program, and water conservation, hazardous waste, and pollution prevention. And each agency would inspect our plan not only for what we output, but also for our internal practice as well. And everything is starting from internally and then to externally to make sure that we are truly a green business. Well, and I've got to think, based on what you do in a printing, you know, shop, that was no easy task. I mean, that there's a lot of, you handle a lot of chemicals um, and, you know, there's water flow and all of that. I mean, that's, that's a pretty major award. Well, you know, um, we have been in the printing industry for 17 years. And through the 17 years, there, there are reasons that we want to recycle. Of course, at the very beginning of the, of the business, we wanted to recycle because to save money. We would recycle paper waste. We would recycle printing plates. And as we move along more, and thanks for the media, as we move along to, to the century, we become more aware of what's going on, the global warming and all of the environmental impact. And I thought about our, our manufacturing processes, and we were already going green. We recycle everything. We, we use scrap paper. I encourage staff to send email rather than, than writing memo, or, or we would email estimate. So we thought about that and say, hey, you know, instead of like, you know, we should also let people know that we are going green in a way of trying to educate people of how important 
going green is. I love that. I really love that because it expands your influence so much greater than just, you know, within your own work group, but to your customers as well. And, you know, a lot of businesses are probably recycling and doing other things, but um, but haven't taken that extra step to get certified as a green business. What caused you to go ahead and take that extra step to become a certified green business? There are two reasons for that. One is basically we have been actually practicing green. We actually had converted our shop to a soy-based ink-only shop many years, like, like even before people were talking about soy-based ink. And a lot of the practices we, we have gone through are already green. However, of course, the second reason is, is for the business purposes. And as the global warming and the environmental impact in our life is getting more serious, more people are more conscious of what they are doing and hope to lessen their footprint on the environment impact. Mm-hmm. And so big corporations will start to try to use a business that will cater towards that. And since we have been doing that, we just might as well get ourselves licensed. And there are some companies out there that are very, very good that they would only use like green business company like printing. Yeah. And and to do that, uh, to to print the material and all of that. Right. And I know, you know, even our former guest during the first segment was talking about a process that her company was going through called ISO 14001. And, and, and that's a business-to-business sort of certification. To the average consumer, that really doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of businesses, that's how they're going about creating a sustainable supply chain by asking their suppliers or their vendors um, to, you know, to get these certain certifications. Mm-hmm. So I think you're really on the leading edge, Amy, of something that's coming, and that is if you want to do business with other businesses, you're going to have to demonstrate that you're green or that you operate in a sustainable way. And I think, you know, you're out in front of the pack. You know, there are some people out there who probably do go out of their way to give their business certified green businesses. But in your case, it almost seems the other way around. Like you go out of your way to help your customers go green, even if that wasn't their original intention. When customers come to you with a job, how do you go about educating them on green options for their print jobs? Well, what I think about going green is not an one-person effort. Going green is almost like a concept that you have to withhold in your heart and truly believe in, and then you have to spread them. You really cannot do it by yourself. You have to have all of the people carry the same thought of making sure going green is the effort. You can't do it by yourself. And so in the way of educating customer, it's, it's pretty easy. It's not really difficult. Most of them kind of know the go green and the environmental impact. All of them know. And except people had... Um, had a wrong idea that when they go green that they would have to pay more. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, the way that we practice in the shop, we actually, you know, deal with paper manufacturers that will give us really steep discount on, like, recycled paper. Mm-hmm. And in that way, we actually pass along the savings to all of the customer. So we kind of educate them and, hey, go green is not expensive at all. First of all, our shop is already soy-based ink. Is chemical free, and 
All you need to do is to use a paper that is recycled. You have a choice of 30% recycle, 50% recycle, or 100% recycle. And the 50% recycle, we made it so inexpensive, it's almost like regular paper. And so as soon as people hear that there's no impact on financial, they will go with recycle for, for you know, in a split second. Well, and, and have you seen, are customers pretty receptive to that? I mean, do you have any idea of, you know, how many of your customers are, you know, uh, going in that direction versus, you know, customers saying, nope, I really don't want recycled paper. I mean, how receptive are they to, you know, the cost-benefit analysis that you're giving them? They are very, very, most of the people are very, very good, you know, when they hear about recycle options. And the only thing is, first of all, people, you know, I seldom run into a situation that people will reject the idea of recycle if the cost is about the same. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I've never run into one, one condition like that because most of the people, I believe, wanted to go green, but they, they can't really spend too much money on that. Right. Okay? And so in any way you can offer to them with no extra cost, they will take it. They will do it. They Absolutely. all know it's going to make an impact on the environment some way or the other. We have the next generation that we have to take care of. It's not just us. That's right. And, and I love the way that, that you're actually, I mean, what you're doing, Amy, kind of has a ripple effect. There are a lot of companies that are trying to do what's right, you know, within the four walls of their company building, and that's awesome. I'm a big fan of that. But I'm an even bigger fan of a company like yours which is not satisfied just to be green within your four walls, but you're actually throwing pebbles into the pond and having a ripple effect on the behavior of your customers. And I'll bet that when they come in and they choose, you know, a a greener option for their print jobs, they might go back to their office and think about other ways that they could choose green options for what they do. Exactly. And that is the way we try to help educating our own staff when we were actually changing the habit in the shop, you know, we have different recycle bins for paper, for plastic, for aluminum and all of that. It was, we went through a lot of hurdle of educating our staff to make sure that they recycle correctly or they would even recycle. And oftentimes it, it took out my personal time that I have to walk through the recycle plant <laughs> and to make sure that nobody would dump garbage in there and people would follow the rule. And I think Go Green is a group effort. It's a world effort. Is, is people who live in this earth that we would have to go, that we would have to go together for that. That's right. And I think what you've really tapped into is creating a culture of conservation to the extent that uh, that culture is starting to influence the culture of other companies. We're going to be going to break in just a second here, but when we come back with Amy, we're going to talk about another certification that her company has gone through that's even bigger in the green certification we talked about at the beginning of this segment. So, folks, don't go away. We've got more exciting news for you on Go Green Radio in just a few moments. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Hi, my name is Aaron, and I'm a survivor of mannequinism. Mannequinism is basically when you turn into a hard plastic shell. They say it's from not being politically active. For me, it started when I didn't register to vote. And then I stopped volunteering, and before I knew it, I wasn't doing anything. And that's when I found a small patch of plastic on my right shoulder. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. We are having a blast with our guests today because they are women in business and they're making money, but they're doing it in a sustainable fashion. And I really, really love their mindset. Um, during this segment, we're talking to Amy Chan. Uh, she runs the shop at A&M Printing. I've used A&M Printing for my printing needs for years. Um, and as you all know, uh, my nonprofit organization, the Go Green Initiative, um, is very very eco-conscious. So from the giddy-up, if we had to print things, and we try not to, but when we have to, and a lot of times uh, I'm very proud to print things because they actually turn out to be educational tools when Amy puts the little um, footer on everything that we do, that it's recycled content paper, it's using soy ink. It actually ends up being a, an educational tool because people take a look at that and say, hey, wow, for my printing needs, I'm going to use recycled content paper and soy ink. And, in fact, my business cards even say that on it. And we were doing that before it was cool, huh, Amy? Yes, that's true. <laughs> Way before there was a Nobel Peace Prize in it for going green. We were going green. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, I'm so proud of A&M Printing because you guys have achieved a certification that is really, really cool um, just recently. Uh, and I want to talk about the forest Stewardship Council Certification, FSC. Talk to us about that organization and how you got involved with them. Well, FSC certification comes with when we were trying to uh, do a job, a company, uh, one of the big companies, we require what they call an FSC certified printer. 
you know, then I started to learn a lot about FSC, and I started to like the organization a lot and, and, and want to be certified. And FSC is, uh, is really uh, what they call a steward, uh, forest stewardship council, and they police around many forests and plantations and control the use of the wood from these forests. So you just don't have a logger going in there and start chopping down trees whenever they want. And the FSC certified paper comes from an FSC managed forest. So you can be rest assured that the wood, you know, that is used on the paper is not from an 800 years old tree. Right. And not only they do that, but they also make sure if a tree is being hunted down for the usage, they will make sure that another tree is being planted. And that is very crucial because to me, although we love to go 100% recycle, sometimes it's still a little bit more expensive and, and, and sometimes in our life it's pretty much not possible. Then we need to think of how to replenish our resources and that is, and how to conserve our resources. And that is one thing that we, we at least can do and is to get FSC certified. And it is a very long and very straightest guideline that we have to go through to get certified. Tell us about that process, because I'm not familiar with the process. What kinds of things did you have to do to become FSC certified? To FSC certified, there are processes that they had to go through. They had to, like, for example, we had to be inspected of our plan. We, FSC certified, they... There are two types of paper. One is regular paper. One is FSC certified paper. And when we actually do a job, say FSC certified job, from doing invoicing to the paper, everything has to be FSC certified. That means the paper will be used, stamped. It's almost like stamped as FSC. The organization would have to check our processes, make sure that through the processes we are not mixing any other paper in to replace with FSC. If any anyone that are FSC certified will follow this rule, you know, we will be a lot better off. Yep, because we'll be replenishing. It really will be a renewable source. Exactly, exactly. Because FSC doesn't mean 100% recycle, but in fact is, you know, is replenishing. It's more like replenishing. Right, yeah. right, and and here's the here's the kernel of wisdom out of this for Go Green Radio listeners. I mean, what we're talking about is specific to Amy's business, which is print, the printing industry. But the mindset is something that can be replicated across many industries. Um, a lot of industries use materials, um, whether it's metals, paper, uh, all kinds of different components. And if you're thinking about not just when I get those components, am I handling them properly? But where did they come from? Did they come from a place that if I took all my customers to visit the place where these materials started off and they could see how they were managed from the beginning until they came to my plant, would I be proud of that? Yes. And it's kind of like taking pride in your entire process. Like, you know, Celeste, our first guest, was talking about a, a, a pipeline. And you're talking about getting way out in front of your pipeline, Amy, and making sure that the paper you're printing on comes from responsibly managed forests. Well, that same mindset could go for a lot of, you know, different industries. I love the way you're thinking there. Thank you. Now, what uh, what do you think is kind of the customer benefit? When a customer comes in and you, you know, educate them and they, um, you know, they use an FSC certified paper for their print job, what do you think 
is the benefit to your customers? Well, the benefit of the customer is 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 we we all believe in go green like we a strong believer. Jill and I are a strong believer in going green. But how do we educate people? How do we bring up their thought or, or try to have them to educate another group of people? Is to show them continuously of the recycle logo, that FSC certified paper, and is is to keep repetitively showing them go green, recycle, go green, recycle. And it's almost like an educational process from generation, from a group of friends to another group of friends. Say if somebody will pick up the brochure and see the logo on the back, they will say, oh, recycle logo, and then FSC certified, and I would like to do that too. Right. And I think, you know, like that's why I've been so proud to use your printing um, uh, business for my stuff because even before I knew what a soy ink logo looked like so that I could put that on my brochures, you you kind of managed that for me and you helped me so that when we did send things out, I know that the, the materials we've sent out worldwide have had an impact on others who thought, oh, gosh, well, we could be using soy ink as well. And so, Amy, you're a real leader. You're not just a great businesswoman. I mean, you're a a green leader. Um, And I think there are a lot of printers out there who will tell you that they recycle or use soy ink. But what I really love about what you're doing is that you're making sure that your paper and your ink suppliers are green as well. Um, You know, you purchase FSC-certified paper, and I think that's a huge step in thinking about the environmental impact that your company is having beyond your own building. If you could give some advice to other business owners who want to set up these kinds of business relationships that will help them green their entire supply chain operation, what kind of advice would you give them, Amy? Well, my advice to them is, of course, everything would have to start internally. Then, you know, within your own group of people, within your own staff, because the influence you pass on them, they're going to influence their family, their friends, and before you know, it could reach thousands of people. Then, then we go started with our vendors. Basically, vendor is a little bit hard, you know. We really wouldn't have to educate them and to actually let them know, hey, we want green suppliers. And if you want to be my, my supplier, you almost have to to be green now is it sounds pushy, but on the other hand, some people that is the only way you can make them go green is to say it at the front. But as long as the result is is what we are looking for, like is is a better earth, is everyone is recycling and all of that. But there are some vendors that are very very great, and as long as yep. we mention go green, they will they will do that. Well, it doesn't sound pushy to me. It sounds like leadership, and I appreciate your leadership, Amy. And Go Green Radio listeners, I appreciate you. And we'll be back, same place, same time, next week with more Go Green Radio. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 